Welcome to the Human Capital Lab, a podcast for learning and development leaders who understand education is the link between employee fulfillment and corporate productivity. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Epler. Let's get started. Learning and development plays a large role in employee engagement. Employee engagement is known as a direct outcome of strong company culture. When learning leaders develop programs that reinforce corporate cultural values, it helps employees connect their work's value to their organization's goals and mission. Decades of research have shown reinforcing culture is an effective way to improve business outcomes, increase growth, and support employee engagement. Our guest today is Tamisa Smittendorf. She is the director of Kellogg North America Sales Learning and Development for the Kellogg Company. Tamisa has a passion for creating a culture of learning, emphasizing capability building and collaborating across the organization to drive impact. Tamisa has more than 30 years of diverse experience having worked in L&D, retail sales, supply chain, HR, sales finance, customer service, and DSD. She leads the development of comprehensive learning strategies, ties learning to business solutions, and consults with the business to overcome business challenges. Tamisa has created a high-performance team to build sales capabilities and stilling agility to meet the changing business needs with a transformation drive and make it happen spirit. Welcome, Tamisa. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now let's get started with learning a little bit more about you and your role at Kellogg. Well, thanks, Michelle. I'm super excited to be here today and talk with you some more about my favorite passion, learning and development. As you said, I've had the opportunity to work across a number of functions at Kellogg over the years, and it's given me a really great opportunity to view the business more holistically. And in my role today, really help the business to solve business problems. So really excited to be here and talk to you. Well, we're honored to have you. You know, last time we met, you shared with some fellow learning and development leaders an effective approach of aligning Kellogg's cultural values in a redesign of your sales leadership program. It was really interesting. So to start our chat off today, please share a bit about Kellogg's culture and how L&D supports it. Yeah, so, you know, we're in this whole building a culture of learning at Kellogg Company. And so it's an exciting time for us. It links back to our values of our organization. So if you think about it, one of our main values at Kellogg's and one of my favorite is we have the humility and hunger to learn. And so I've really anchored everything around those values. I've created our sales, learning, and development value proposition. And this is really around the what and the how we're going to go do. And so if you think about, you know, the, the how piece, it's all around activating that intentional learner mindset because we want each and every employee to learn, grow, and thrive. And I think when you're able to do that, that's what helps build the culture. Oh, wow. That's great. That's great. You know, many times I hear L&D leaders lament about how they just aren't sure where to start in changing their development programs. Could you share with our listeners 
What was your siren call to change and some of the processes you used to begin this program evolution? Yeah, so I'll give you an example from a few years ago. We were aligned to business units. And I realized that we had a lot of what I call anko biters coming at us. <laughs> or in the L&D space, we tend to talk about being order takers. Mm -hmm. And so what I did is the first thing was I redesigned our team to be more agile and to be able to work across the organization versus being so siloed. And then I focused on building a strategy. So if you think about building your roadmap, what are the capabilities that are really important for people to work from? And what are those capabilities that you want to enhance? That's what we're focused on. So it's no longer a lot of one-offs that come to us. It has to be embedded and, and reach our strategy. And then the third thing that I did was make sure that we are absolutely tightly connected to the business priorities. So We've got to make sure what we do is scalable and impactful to the business. And so those are some of the processes and things that I redesigned to really help us move us in the right direction. Great. You know, a lot of times when we're talking to folks about aligning what they do with the business priorities, there's a bit of a, a deer in the headlights look that they give us. And so I'm wondering, what advice would you give your L&D colleagues when it comes to better aligning their programs? along with those business priorities? Yeah, Michelle, I think there's a couple things that you can do. And the very first thing is you've got to have a solid understanding of the business. That's first and foremost. And so I would say, you know, one way to overcome that if you don't have that background is to create and implement a learning advisory board. So we've done this where we have multiple people from all different levels in the organization that are part of our learning advisory boards. And there's so many great things that can come from that. So you, you get their valuable voice back from the organization. That's one. The second thing is, is they help you design programs and really be that subject matter expert to what you're developing. There's nobody better than your learning advisory boards to be champions of the programs, right? They're out there yes. talking about it because they're so invested in it because they've spent the time really to, to help. And I think all of that really links back to building the culture, you know, having that solid understanding of the business and then being able to get creative of ways that you can bring that voice kind of the outside in. It really helps them manage the message of what they're doing in L&D and even helps them promote some of the activities that they're doing even outside their own stakeholder area of what you're doing. And that raises the value of what you do as well. Absolutely. And I really see them as an extension of learning and development. I'm so appreciative to our learning advisory board and members, and they just, they're so valuable. So when you think about the changes that occur in the business and with our participants, when you place a stronger focus on culture, what does that really look like? And what did you see when you really got things aligned well? Yeah, I mean, the most important thing is to make people feel valued, right? That goes, that's such a long way. And it's really imperative that we invest in those critical skills that they need because we want them to have the confidence to really be 
you know, their trusted partner with their retailers. And so it's so important for me focused on sales that we have the right capabilities and we're building those capabilities. So what knowledge, skills, and abilities do they need to feel confident about the job that they need to do? So, you know, you mentioned before uh, you used an agile approach in trying to get things out. And uh, it, agile has part of that fail fast, <laughs> move on, learn, and keep going. So as learning leaders, we know that not every attempt to change curriculum, a program, or initiative will be successful on the first try. And we, from the very beginning, we've probably been using agile. We just didn't have a name for it, really. So in your experience, what are some of the signs L&D leaders should look for to evaluate if these changes are working, if they are not, and how do they go about diagnosing areas of improvement so that they can quickly about face and get things back on the right track? Yeah, and so we like to say fail forward. And <laughs> I, I tell my team, if we're 90%, go, because we're never going to get everything perfect. But you absolutely have to be able to get that feedback. And there's through surveys and all these different things that you can do. I mean, ultimately, you want to see the behavioral change happen. But one thing that we've done that is super agile is we've said after every program, what worked well and what could be even better if. Oh. And then we can immediately make the changes that we need to as we're rolling and, and moving along in, in our journey. And so I think that leads back to the agility that you talked about, but definitely what worked well and what could be even better if, and then you can constantly improve. And you have those conversations with your advisory board then, and then also any other stakeholders. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. And it's immediate feedback that we get. And so it's fresh on everyone's mind. Great. Are there any specific stories you have that illustrate the challenges or the rewards or unforeseen outcomes of the approach that you've taken? Oh, we've got plenty, but <laughs> I'll, I'll share one with you. So we were getting ready to launch virtual reality with our onboarding for our retail sales organization. And so it was just before COVID hit and we had everything ready to go, the fully immersive headsets. We have a, a store that's all set up in digital and it's just awesome. And then the week before our onboarding, boom, everything would shut down with COVID. Oof. So we had to quickly pivot, right? Because everything went to virtual. And so, you know, one of the things that we did is we had collaborated and been looking at all these different vendors, and we really reached out and leaned into Roundtable Learning. They helped us develop a virtual reality using your cell phone and these oh. cardboard headsets. So reasonable, <laughs> scalable, a great way for us to kind of overcome the, the COVID issue because we still wanted it to be a little more immersive, engaging you know, as yeah. as new hires are going through and learning the nine step store call process that they would uh, through their onboarding. And so what I learned is you can really lean in to your vendor partners, really have them help you to, you know, solve the business problems that that you have. And 
it really, it, it worked out really well. And again, I've had that 90% and go, we're not going to have everything perfect the first time, but let's learn from it. And then we'll keep evolving it. Did you see any sort of changes in your business outcomes when it comes to how you reported your L&D function to your C-suite? That's a really interesting question because I try to change things up all the time to get their attention. The great thing here, Michelle, is that I've earned a seat at the table. And so I have that and I do quarterly results and I try to do it a little bit different every time just to change things up and make it unique. And we've been able to, my team actually has been able to leverage some technology where we do some really cool short form videos. And it's just a way to, to bring everything to life in a, a different viewpoint than sending a lot of charts and uh, information and tech, heavy text messaging and things like that. So it's just a great opportunity to do things a little bit different and have some fun because yeah, you got to have fun at work. Absolutely. You know, it sounds like you're really managing your message in the same way that you're managing your offerings and, and what you're doing by showing that there's more than one way to do things and really energizing and engaging not only the people who are taking advantage of your offerings, but also the C-suite, right? As you're presenting what you're doing there at the table, you're getting their attention. And it's not just one report or one way of doing things. It's showing that you can go at information in multiple different ways. So you're actually doing what you say you're going to do. So that's really inspiring to me. Well said, Michelle. And that is absolutely like, one of my main priorities, we've got to do what we say we're going to do. And there's doesn't matter all the whirlwind that goes on around us. It doesn't matter. Um, we, we've got to do what we say we're going to do. So what is your next big project that you're going to take on? I would say my next big project to work on is really making sure that our team feels comfortable with revenue growth management. So. We've been doing a lot of training over the years to, to build the skill. And as inflation and all the things that go on around us, we've mm -hmm. got to make sure that that dollar goes further. And we've got to make sure that we've got that financial acumen is really, really tight. And so my big thing is going to be just ensuring that we've got some extended learning around revenue growth management and that our sales organization feels really confident. Great. I really want to thank you so much for your time. Now, one of the things that we like to do is we like to give our listeners some additional value. So as we wrap up our conversation, what are two resources listeners who want to learn more about what you've done should consider looking into when it comes to integrating culture into their L&D programs? Well, I think first and foremost, it's making sure that everything that you do links back to the values of your organization and just staying highly connected with the business. I think that's so important. That's that's how you earn your seat at the table. And you've got to know exactly what capabilities you want to build. Um, so educate yourself. There's lots of opportunities that are out there through industry events and podcasts like this that really help. So get yourself educated to what's out there and how you can help the business overcome any challenges that they have. And then show your roadmap. 
have a progression over the next few years of those knowledge, skills, and abilities that you're going to help evolve. I would just say really focus in on cultivating capabilities because that gives people a reason to believe. And I think that's what really helps drive the value. That's how people actually feel valued because you're investing in them, you're investing in their skills. I think you know, you've got to be invested. You got to know your mission, your vision, your values, and how those values align with the mission and your part when it comes to reinforcing yeah. the cultural values that you really want to enhance. And then in some cases, we do have some uh, rogue norms that develop within our organizations and knowing how to negate those within our learning and really focusing on the ones that are the most important. And that's what you talked about today. And I think that that will really make a difference for folks who are listening. You really provided so many great takeaways for our listeners. This concludes our Human Capital Lab podcast. Please remember to follow the podcast for more information about learning and development topics as we expand our L&D conversations from the C-suites to thought leaders and practitioners in our field. As Abigail Adams once said, learning is not attained by chance. It must be sought for with ardor and attended to with diligence. Thank you for joining us on the Human Capital Lab podcast, a growth network podcast production in collaboration with Bellevue University. For more about Bellevue University's Human Capital Lab, head to humancapitallab.org. If you were inspired today, pass the link on to a colleague or friend. Stay tuned for our next episode. And until then, keep learning to unlock the long-term potential of human capital.